This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, Rotowire with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. And, uh, you know, I, I want to get straight to the rant. You know, the, the people don't really care about the picks anymore. They seem to like uh, me going crazy about the Browns. But, you know, you can't force it, man. You can't force it. It was just how it was. And, of course, I was right about the Browns. Of course the Ravens were the best bet ever. I mean, even if they make that field goal, it's still just a push. And, you know, who, who's surprised that the Browns – you know, that field goal should have been a really easy, makeable field goal, too. Did you see what uh, Mike Pettin did uh, to – he basically just squandered their timeout. He didn't use one of their timeouts. Um, to that he could have stopped the clock at 40 seconds. Had plenty of time to get you know within much more comfortable field goal range. Instead, they end up setting for a 50-plus yarder, and there has to be trajectory on that you know a lower trajectory, and it gets blocked for a touchdown. Yeah, their kicker doesn't have a very strong leg either. That was bizarre to just assume that that was going to be made. But and you're right, that would increase the odds of a block is you know having to, to kick it lower of course no one could have assumed that was also going to be returned to the house but a very browns way to lose did you catch john gruden totally taking petting to task all game thinking say at first he was like you know you just got to have johnny manziel playing you got to find out if he's your guy and then he's like there's Dwayne bow on the sideline why didn't he ever play why did they even <laughs> sign him did you catch that yeah i did i liked that yeah the bow one is is it's crazy how much money they gave him in the offseason and then how little how little he is even seeing the field. Well, no, I mean, it's like they sign Bo, they don't use him. They, you know, they, they sign Van Tate, they cut him. They sign Robert Turbin, uh, cut Terrell Pryor. They don't use Robert Turbin. He's now in Dallas. Terrence West was in and out of the doghouse every other week last year. They suspended Josh Gordon last year before they actually, before he got busted for the beers because he was late to a practice or a meeting or something, one of those games. I mean, it's just crazy. He reminds me of, like, that school teacher in high school that was, like, this super – authoritarian disciplinarian that overreacted to everything. And then everybody just mocked them because they would just get, they, you'd get in so much trouble for nothing. And there was just, he was just obviously crazy. And you kind of feel bad for those people later on in life when you realize like that teacher was just crazy. 
But that's that's who he reminds me of. And it's fitting um, that McCown ended up getting hurt, you know. So he actually was faced with the. Uh, I mean, obviously he did mention that it was that Manziel was demoted to third string beforehand. But it's still crazy that like the game on the line, and you know McCown, he's forcing your hand. He's definitely out. And then they still switch to to Austin Davis, who actually played really well. Right, right. That's just sort of a side thing. What's funny about that is he was on the Rams, and like the Rams would kill to have Austin Davis right now. That's the other subplot to this. Yeah, that's that's true. What what the the Rams are, man, they have arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, just because of the, that quarterback position. Jeff Fisher, I heard, hasn't won a playoff game since two thousand and three. I don't know. There's something there. That that team is uh, he's they're killing our Todd Gurley in League of Leagues. That just the the setup around him is just awful. Yeah, it's like what what's harder to play in that offense or just to play with like a thirty pound weight on your back? What do you think would be tougher? Well, it depends what other offense you're talking. Maybe in the in the Pat system, probably probably to play in the Rams would be tougher than playing a thirty pound. Because it's like it's it's a it's a huge yeah it's tough. I, I mean I don't know where to rank him, and in fact you know we'll talk about these games, but I don't even I don't know where to rank any running backs after Adrian Peterson. Like he's number one, and then who's number two? I really like D'Angelo Williams this week. But are you saying long term? Yeah, or for the rest playing? of the season. You're, I, I have to do the cheat sheet for RotoWire, so I have Adrian Peterson as my number one back. And then number two, it could be Gurley. It could be Eddie Lacy, believe it or not. It could be D'Angelo Williams. It could be LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, but he's, he's obviously not. And the Falcons are hor- horrendous. And before, even before he got hurt, he started just only catching passes for a while. Like he would go 12 carries for 12 yards, and they get six for 70 in a touchdown. And it looked good. You know, if you used him in fantasy, it was fine. But it was, he wasn't really running anywhere. Yeah, no, that's uh, maybe Thomas Rawls would be in the mix. Right. I, Thomas Rawls, I said, maybe? Yeah, I said right. I said oh, Okay, and then and Charkandrick West, but the problem is there, the Chiefs, who knows? That might be a, a timeshare. So, yeah, it's been a an uglier than, than usual year uh, at running back. And um, this week, though, I, I really like D'Angelo Williams. I think he's going to go off and, at home against the, the Colts. Yeah, I like him, too. I, I've got a lot of daily lineups. I figured out I made some money daily this weekend. I felt pretty good. I didn't. I didn't have any huge caches, but I just had tons of like two dollars for to forty, five dollars to a hundred, five dollars to fifty, you know. And you get a lot of those. I had like sixty lineups, but I, you know, I made some money, and I, I have. I'm, I'm start. I think I'm starting to figure it out. Yeah, word is you're even dabbling in some some hockey DFS. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I'm the cash tonight. Last night I did a hockey lineup for the first time, and I, I didn't have, my goalie didn't play, so that was that wasn't good. Um, and then basketball, I've been doing. I won a tournament. I won $100. Uh, it was $2 buy-in. No, $5 buy-in, but it was a small tournament, 114 people, and I won it. Nice. Won nice. it by a lot and left $800 on the table when I was making the lineup. But tonight, I set one, and it's, it's garbage. I'm not going to win. Um, all right. So let's move it on. So anyway, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be some sort of organic annoyance that turns into a rant. I, I, you, can't, you can't fake it, though, right? You can't plant it. It just happens. No, but I can. I can do my best to antagonize you. You can antagonize me. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what happened last week is I just started thinking about the Manziel situation. I just got into a rage and just was realizing, like, what a piece of shit the Browns are. And then, you know, Ravens' best bet. I, I made the Texans my best bet. I want to say one last thing about last week's Texans uh, uh, game, and I wrote about this. And the Texans were three-point favorites. It was my best bet. You and I both unanimously, immediately uh, wanted to use it in the Super Contest. And 
Everybody in the staff picks also picked the Texans. They were a unanimous pick for, for all five of us. But I looked at Massey Peabody, which I look at always after I do the picks. I never want to see it beforehand. And they had the Saints as, as a big play. And I'm thinking, dude, that's just crazy, man. How could you take the Saints on the road against a completely rejuvenated Texans team with Hoyer healthy? And, of course, it was totally right. Like, the handicapping perspective was totally right. The algorithm perspective was totally wrong. And, you know, you could say, well, there's, there's a lot of times where you think it's going to be the Texans and the Saints win, and maybe we don't remember those. But I, I just think that, like, there's weaknesses in doing anything automated with, with handicapping. I just think at some point you just got to be like, of course the Texans are going to crush them. And the only reason the line's only three is because I think Vegas uses a lot of those stats and stuff to set the lines in the first place. Yeah, I saw that article you were talking about, and I know they had at least one other, if not three, that were directly against our Super Contest picks. Maybe the Cardinals, too, against the Niners. Yeah, like They did have the Cardinals, and they had a lot of bad picks. They had the Patriots, although the Patriots, I, I think, was the right side. Yeah, no, and I know they've done well this year. I just thought it was crazy that they that, that they were literally, we, you know, we only choose five of the, you know, right. whatever, the, uh, were there no buys? How many games were there last week? No buys, 16. Yeah, okay. So we had a choice between... 16 games, we, we picked our five teams, and they and they literally only went – their four big bets of the week were like three on op, not only the same game, but opposite ledgers that we came up with. And so I just thought that was funny. I think we ended up beating them this time. But, but yeah, I, it's Losing obviously us, things are changing. Okay. The same thing with the Cardinals. You could say the Niners look – you know, they look a little bit different lately with, with Gabbert. But, um, but who knows? Maybe – you know, three and two for us, we can that's, – that's a mild success this season that we were in. So might as well brag about it while we can. Dominating three and yeah. three. And, you know, the Steelers was a bad beat. I mean, that yeah. was just a bad beat. I mean, come on. And the referees just – I wrote about this also tip this week. Between the, the refereeing, which is just terrible. I mean, in the New England game, they, they called the offensive pass interference on Gronk, which was just garbage, negated an important first down. And then New England sacked Osweiler at the 19-yard line on goal to go. It would have been third and ninth from the 19, down four. And they called the hold, and they showed it. It was, it was nothing. And that gave him first down inside the 10, and then, you know, C.J. Anderson ran for the touchdown to give him the lead. And, like, that's – they just basically decided amongst themselves who was going to win the game. And I just was like, well, why don't we just eliminate the middleman? Like, just don't let the players decide it. Just tell, ask the refs to tell us who's going to win because that's what they're doing pretty much. Why are we bothering to watch this game? And between the injuries – and I documented this also, like, how many injuries there are this year. It's more than ever, certainly among key players. It seems that way at least. I mean, there's been 12 starting quarterbacks down this week. You know, I said 21 out of the first 48 ADP guys were down. Well, two more went down, Gronk and Jimmy Graham. And now Roma's out for the year. McCown, for whatever that's worth, is now probably out for the year. And then Roethlisberger's concussed. And this is every week. And so between, you know, you're rooting for the Patriots, and I'm not a Patriots fan, but, you you know, they lose Edelman, Deion Lewis, Gronk, Amendola. And it's like, you know, if, if this week Cam Newton and Carson Palmer get hurt, then, you know, what, what are we even looking at? What are we even trying to figure out who's going to win or who's the best team? What does it even matter? It's just arbitrary. Like, it's not even the same team that you're looking at. And then you add in the, the, the way they call the games, which are totally arbitrary, and the reviews depends on, like, who's in the booth, which way it's going to go. No one knows the rule. And then on top of that, you add in the coaching where, you know, the games are won and lost because some coach doesn't know when to use a timeout or he, you know, kicked, you know, Dan Quinn on fourth and one, down four with three minutes left, kicks a field goal. And, you know, you're, you're supposed to be a Falcons fan, and you're, you're actually investing emotionally in this team. And basically, what, no matter what you do on the field or what happens, it doesn't matter. Your coach is just arbitrarily saying, no, you know what, we're not going to win today. 
and actually not even knowing it, which is even worse. And so, so you know, the game is becoming so arbitrary in some ways, and it's almost like you know, it, it's sorry, I know I'm rambling, but but you know, it almost reminds me of like when I was watching the Sacramento Kings in 2002, and I was like, this Jason Williams, Chris Webber team is awesome, and then they're getting all these foul calls against the Lakers, and I was like. Fuck, this is horrible, man. I can't watch this. It's so arbitrary. And then you found out five years later, they were cheating. It, it was, the arbitrary wasn't, it was fucking cheating. Yeah, you know, the, the, the ref crew in the 49ers game was so bad that they'd been removed from prime. They were scheduled to do, I believe, Monday night this week. And they'd been removed from that because uh, they, they, they were that bad. I mean, the, toward the end of the fourth quarter, the Niners uh, sacked Carson Palmer and they called a 15-yard penalty on reasons still unknown. It was just a normal sack. I, I, I guess he hit him too hard or something. I, I don't know if you saw what I'm talking about, but I it heard was about it, I it heard was about pretty it. brutal. They gifted I mean, them that the win, was... basically, right? They gifted them the win. Yes, pretty pretty much. So, so right, and you're talking about a team like Arizona that's playing for home field and playing for a bye, and they're being gifted a win. I mean, I mean, and this, I'm telling you, the feeling I get when I watch the NFL these days is often the feeling I got watching that Kings Lakers series. And, and later on, the Spurs' son, same thing. I was rooting for the Suns, and I was like, this is just bullshit, man. Everything's so – like, you could call anything a foul in basketball, and you call anything pass interference or not. I see guys get shoved 20 yards down the field. There's hand-checking, no call. I see barely touching the guy, and it's a – you know, it's just you could call or not call anything. And I'm not Yeah, this saying, wasn't a very big challenge for me to get you fired up about something, by the way. <laughs> no, I, but this is – I've been writing about this the whole week, okay? And it's so arbitrary that – you know, you're like, dude, well, how can I invest in this emotionally, you know, and financially even? Because it's just bullshit. It's like whatever they decide, just you just you tell me who won. I don't want to watch. You just go ahead and tell me who's going to win and just let me know. Just send me an email, okay, who won. Just have the ref send me an email who won because there's no point. He's going to decide it one way or the other. I don't need to watch him decide it. He can just tell me. And it's the same feeling I got watching those basketball games, which ended up being actually fixed. And I am shocked. That to this day the NBA did not fold after that. I can't. I can't believe the NBA got away with that. Like that was like, oh yeah, it was fixed. Like the the semifinals, like the most important games. That you know, people like living and dying with that Kings franchise and, and Suns, the Steve Nash Suns. But oh well, you know, they they just got totally dropped. I mean, I can't believe the NBA is still in existence after that. And you know, I'm not saying the NFL is fixed, but I I did say the column. I would not bet my life that it's not fixed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't think it's fixed, but I would not say I bet my life. I, you know, that it's not fixed. And if, and if it is fixed, you can kill. I would not do that deal. Yeah, I don't know if they have to make the rest full-time employees or what it is, but it seemingly is getting only worse. You know, you'd, I'd expect the product to to improve, but it's been especially bad this year, which is compounded by all the injuries to the stars. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been frustrating. There's, I I understand exactly where you're coming from, and the refing. Can can just be infuriating because as you as you stated it, it really is deciding outcomes of these games. Yeah, it's. I feel like there's there's a, there's luck involved anyway. Even if it was refed perfectly, even if the coaches were geniuses and it was refed perfectly, and you know everything else was was fine. There's still okay. The ball bounced off a guy's hand. Did it hit? Did, did it bounce off the DB's chest? Did it? Did the DB catch it and roll to the ground? Or did the DB catch it full speed and get a pick six? I mean these bounces determine outcomes and that's just something we live with right i mean it's football a bounce can go you know any which way you get a tip ball at the line of scrimmage you hold your breath anything can happen but that's luck and we live with that amount of luck and that's and, and that's okay that there's luck involved but when the amount of luck and the amount of arbitrariness you know when you include the refs and the coaching and everything on the injuries gets beyond a certain point 
the game loses meaning, right? We, we stop feeling like this means something that somebody won the Super Bowl. Oh, they won the Super Bowl. They're a great team. They're the best team. It means something. We settled things. If it's like, yeah, they won the Super Bowl because every fucking other quarterback was hurt. Nobody else had a healthy quarterback the whole playoffs. And they should have lost, but the refs, you know, it's like Green Bay. Like, they, they should have. Think about last year's playoffs, how ridiculous. There was that crazy play with the Lions against the Cowboys where they reversed some crazy call where it should have been turnover, and the Lions got jobbed. Then they go to Green Bay, and they're about to take the lead on a beautiful fourth and one play to Des Bryant, which is a catch, but that gets reversed. So we don't get to see Aaron Rodgers trying to drive down for the win in, the, in a playoff game. So Green Bay gets gifted that. They don't have to like actually win the game because it was taken away by the refs. Then the Seattle game, Mike McCarthy basically gifts that to Seattle. That was a, Green Bay won that game except for the coach basically saying, here you go, we don't want to play in the Super Bowl this year. And then in the New England game, they, it was basically Seattle won the Super Bowl except New England on this arbitrary crazy – I mean, that Seattle on this arbitrary play decides to throw the ball and give it back to them. So, like, at the end of the year, you were like, yeah, New England won the Super Bowl. But you're like, yeah, but that's just totally random. It could have been any of those teams that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it the the uh, in one way, that Detroit was was a great team last year. <laughs> if you look at it like that. Any one of them could have won the Super Bowl. It's like there's no – it didn't settle anything. It's just technically they won the Super Bowl. That's basically all you can say about it. Yeah, no, I didn't have like – I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I – I think I had a little bit financial on the line or whatever, but I, I mean, I just went berserk on that on that non-catch by Des Bryant. I'm still upset over that. Dude, I, I had Packers money line against Seattle, and Mike McCarthy basically took money out of Sasha's college fund. You know, I mean, it's just no. Come on, let's be real. I'm not putting it in Sasha's college fund. I would have just rolled it over into the Super Bowl, which I would have won actually. But anyway, it's just it's it, arbitrary is bad, you know? Anyway, that, that, and that's my excuse for why we've sucked so much this year. It's just too arbitrary this year. At least I had a winning week last week. You probably, you did, you did well too, didn't you? No, seven and nine. But I mean, okay. I, honestly, I, I really felt the Patriots, the Steelers, I felt like I'm getting snake bit by some of this shit. Yeah, well, I, I think I made the Steelers my best bet. I was pretty frustrated there. I also bet on them at 25 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. So, that was frustrating. Although at a time that was kind of um, interesting when Tomlin elected to kick that field goal, it helped uh, helped against the spread it at did. the end. It did. It was I so moronic. It was so stupid. But yeah. So where where do we stand on him? Not terrible. I thought. I mean, I thought he used to be one of the better coaches, yeah, but yeah. clearly game managing, he's he's just as bad as the rest of them. He's Tom Coughlin. Okay, Coughlin is like a good leader of men, and he's respected. And he's not a coward. I don't, I don't think Tomlin punts and kicks these field goals because he's a coward. He goes for two more than anyone yeah. in the NFL this year. I don't think he's a coward. I think he's just clueless. I think he just doesn't yeah. know. And I, I thought for like the two, oh, he's, he's doing the math. He understands. No, there's no relationship to that and any other math. He just somehow, it's like a religious thing. Like he, he has this belief that the two, you know, he, someone convinced him of that in isolation. And now he believes it, so he does it. But there's no sort of general acceptance of math or science involved in this. It's just... Something he does. And, you know, he and Coughlin are not cowards. I don't think they're scared. I just think they're clueless. And so that's why they're like, okay. You know, their teams respect them. They're not like a laughing stock. They're not like, you know, Mike Pettin or, you know, some of the, some of the coaches that, you know, Joe, um, Joe Philbin that they don't respect. But they're, I, I just, they don't understand it. Agreed. I couldn't believe that he, we just saw, Atlanta do this against the 49ers, and it didn't work out so well. And, but even then, like I said, I was like, well, at least this gives the Steelers yeah, exactly. cover. And then Doug Baldwin, <laughs> you know, and Doug Baldwin just goes down. 
They just yes. Out the clock. Any first down. Yeah, it was like third and nine from the twenty. It was crazy. It was. It was. There's so much going on, and then all of a sudden, uh, I Ben Roethlisberger in every DFS, and I'm like, some Landry Jones is in. I'm like, what's going on, man? And then I had Martavis Bryant everywhere, and he's throwing to him, but they can't connect. It was, it was frustrating. Anyway, all right, let's let's talk about these games. No one gives a shit about the games anyway, but we'll do it. All right, we got. Um, I did the same thing. I, I wrote down the games and I made my guess, and then saw what the real line was. We got Green Bay in Detroit. I guessed this line was three, and it actually is three. It was kind of easy to guess. Um, you go first here. Uh, they think Detroit's been playing really, really well. They're totally different than than the you know the some other parts that they've looked at earlier in the year. They just might as well be a different team. Even Stafford is even looking good, not just defensively. They've they've really improved on both sides of the ball. Meanwhile, Green Bay doesn't look very good. Um, I tried to talk you into the Lions last week against the Eagles. I, I tried, really did on uh, Thanksgiving. I tried, um, but this one um, <laughs> that, was I, uh, that was one of the most horrible picks I've ever made. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing to wake up on Thanksgiving oh. and, uh, and and watch that. I I have like Stafford and Stopa in another league, and and I and I picked the the Lions. That was just a a beautiful thing. But um, and then I then I was all in on Dallas the next game, and that ended very quickly. Um, but um. I, I like Detroit. I think they're right now arguably the better team, and they're at home and getting the points. Frankly, I wouldn't be su- I, I wouldn't be surprised if this line was Detroit minus three. Yeah, I mean the Packers have so much Aaron Rodgers goodwill in their right, in, right. in the line, but you're right. It's got to be Detroit. Right? I mean, you know, maybe the Packers do what they did in Minnesota, but and, and if it weren't for that game, it would be Detroit minus three. If it weren't for that one Minnesota game, but you know why buck why buck what's happening? You know why. It, it, this is it's not quite the Texan Saints, but it's kind of like that. It's like this is Detroit is playing. I have to say though, the only negative is the Eagles made Tampa look really good. That uh, you know, I took Tampa last week in in Indy, and yeah. five touchdown for James Winston, no interceptions against the Eagles, and against Indy, that's not even a good defense. They got shut down, right. and so the Eagles make a lot of people look good. Now I watched the game. You probably did too. Cause it's Thanksgiving and, and Stafford looked fantastic. He even had some drops. He was zipping the ball around really well, but that Eagles D makes you look a lot better. Yeah. He should have had a six touchdown. Uh, that Joyke bell one at the end, he clearly scored, but I guess they didn't want to rub it in and review it, you know, when they were up so big and then they just punched it in on the next play. But I was getting greedy. I was, I was, I was very upset that they didn't get that six, six score. You have Stafford um, and Stopa? Is that, is that where you have him? Yes. Yeah. You, that's, you need gonna, all the help you can get. And Stopa's talking Yang like he's going to beat you out for that last playoff. I had, like, written myself out of that league uh, mentally, and um, I made a dumb Jeremy Lankford trade, and, and a couple things haven't gone my way. And um, then I just looked at it. I noticed him saying that. And I looked, and I think I'm down, like, uh, 20 or 30, 20 points or something for the final playoff spot. comes down to total points with him. So that's, you know, that's – I'm, I'm the underdog, obviously, but it's not undoable. I got Scott Chandler in a two tight end league on my team without Gronk. I mean, that could be interesting, but um, yeah, I don't think my team's good enough to win it, even if I make the tournament. But at least it'll give me something, something to, to root for this weekend when I had mentally already written that team off. But uh, so yeah, go Stafford Thursday night. I think my team's good enough to win it, man. Uh, you know, Barons is as the best team, but he has Gurley and he's struggling, and I've been crushing it. And I Freeman has been out two weeks. You know, right. So I, I think I got a shot. Eddie Lacy's back. It's been it's been bit. Anyway, uh, all right. So we're both taking the Lions. Uh, I I don't like buying them high off of an Eagles game, but um, I you know Green Bay. I mean they lost at home to Chicago. They lost at home to Detroit. 
It's just I, I don't see why they're laying points on the road. A pick them I could see. I think I'd have to think about it and pick them. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you about we're definitely buying high and selling low here, um, but the, the line doesn't reflect that, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, this would be nine points, lines plus nine, if it were in Green Bay based on these lines. And it's like that would be too much, just like it was too much for the Bears, and the Bears and the Lions are probably about equal right now. Yeah, I like Detroit. You could even talk me into using that. Okay. Using that I might use it. I mean, Thursday night's weird, but yeah. I just don't have faith in the Packers. I don't I don't know what's wrong with them. And they, You never bet on a team to miraculously fix it. They might, but it could be two weeks from now that they fix it. All right. Uh, how about San Francisco plus seven at Chicago? I think I know who I like here. Yeah, I don't love this one either way. Um, we were both right about San Francisco last week going ugly. They're just a – Remember what I said? I said a professional would take San Francisco. That's right. You did, and you said we, we might look dumb next week, and, and we, we didn't. We um, they nearly won that game outright. Yeah. But um, they're, they were just lately been very different team at home versus on the road this season. Now you could say that about a lot of teams, of course, but they've been drastically different. Uh, I do hesitate a little because Gabbard has looked competent, but this Bears team is pretty good. And, again, you got to – not only are they on the road, but this is a 10 a.m. Uh, body clock time for San Francisco – uh, seven points. It seems about right to me, but I, I'm going to take the favorite and back the Bears. Me too. Uh, I I think San Francisco, you take them at home because they play tough and they're usually getting too many points and on the road, fade. Jeffrey Jeffrey looks healthy again, and man, that with Langford, I mean, they can they can run it down their throats. I could see them. I mean, you could want to start a lot of guys in DFS. I mean, Cutler, Cutler is a pretty Cutler, good start. Jeffrey, yeah. I, I, that's in, in Fanduel. I got him everywhere. Cutler Jeffrey. Yeah. Cutler's cheap too. Um, I, I've been I've been basically like taking core guys and just swapping out one or two players around them. You know, setting thirty lineups with the same two or three guys—not thirty, but like twelve lineups with the same two or three guys—and swapping other parts. And if those two or three guys go off, you get a lot of twenty and thirty dollars cashes for your two dollars or five dollars for fifty. And then maybe if you get lucky, you get a huge one. You know, that's the that's the theory. Right. All right. Uh, let's move on to Cincy at Cleveland. Cincy is. Uh, Wow, they're laying nine and a half at Cleveland. Yeah, out on oh, the road. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, that, yeah. Talk about you know what? Talk about lack of respect for a franchise. You know, it's funny. This there's one of my Twitter followers uh, tweeted like a five minute video of him taking out his Browns gear and like throwing it out and saying he's no longer a Browns fan. He can't take it anymore. Uh, there was a video of Browns fans after the block field goal ripping off their jersey like a dude ripping his jersey off like it's just people are they just they're fed up i mean you know it's it's been too long and too much bs and uh man this is just ridiculous to be getting nine and a half at home i mean i don't know what to do here first of all who's going to be quarterback we don't know do we the line they don't seem to care with this line there's no should be off the board is it going to be manzel is it going to be austin davis Who's, who's quarterbacking them yeah, I mean, it, it makes some sense considering one team's 9-2 and two and the other's 2-9. and nine. But the Browns have been competitive, and uh, this is just such a massive line for, for the road team. Uh, that is my big hesitation is just I, Austin Davis, I would imagine, gets the, the nod again. Um, obviously, it's not going to be McCown. He's, he's done with the broken collarbone. Pretty crazy that he returned to the game and even attempted a pass with a broken collarbone. Um, but Manziel, uh, maybe they do uh, go, turn back to him. Davis was pretty bad last I saw him in St. St. Louis, but he, he did. did. What did he say? He was good for like two games, and I think one was against a really bad defense. Maybe it was against Dallas or somebody, and then he regressed hard. He was horrendous. 
Uh, and I think he's got his first good drive under his belt. I don't, this is not going to be easy against Cincinnati's defense this week. No, I know. And he did look pretty good Monday night. But sometimes you just, you know, when you come in in relief, it's a, it's a totally different thing. And you get a weak other uh, team to game plan for you. But still, I'm going to hold my nose and take the points here. This is just such, a, such an extreme line. Yeah, I will probably end up taking the points, but I just have such little respect for that organization that might take <laughs> Cincinnati out of principle. Just like the Ravens with Matt Schaub. He, threw, he did throw the pick six, as you were worried about, and it didn't even matter. That's, that's how bad the Browns are. Okay. Yeah, so not, not only did you see that stat, not only is he the first or, and only player to throw a pick six in four straight games uh, back you know, when he was in Houston, right. but then in ten attempts for the Raiders last year, he threw one, and then Monday last night he threw another. I mean, this is like some next level stuff. Yeah, no, you can count on him. I mean, he's he's it's reliable. So, we'll talk about uh, perhaps taking Miami's defense. The Miami sucks. Miami is a, is a joke. Um, but let's let's move on to. I, I don't know what I'm going to do there. I I think you're right about the Browns, but I just I'm in out of principle. Just take Cincinnati. Um, okay, Jacksonville plus in, unless Manziel starts, I think I might have to take Cincinnati because it just shows it's it just shows that even now. Even at two and nine, even after supposedly, you know, I can understand like the one game teach him a lesson, but if they still try out Austin Davis again, I, I got to take Cincinnati just out of principle. I just, I just think that team, they, they just, they, they deserve what they're going to get, and they're going to get it. So that's fair, you know. So that's that's. I'm going to wait to see who's starting. Uh, Jacksonville plus uh, two, two and a half. I'm going to say it's two and a half at Tennessee. Go ahead. You can go first on this one. I mean, I'm just very simple analysis. I view these teams equally, and one team's at home giving up less than the than the three points. So I will take Tennessee. Yeah, probably go that way too. But but maybe that's is that too obvious? I mean, is that well? I, mean, I don't think there's it? any clever side of this one. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. don't think there's this isn't like <laughs> I think this is just two shitty teams that are kind of exciting. Um, I mean, Jacksonville's a little more exciting. Tennessee's kind of boring. But um, they're very similar, right? I mean, they have young quarterbacks who are mobile. Uh, I guess Jacksonville has more, you know, has Allen Robinson. I think that's kind of the difference. And otherwise, they're kind of similar. Maybe Tennessee's pass defense is a little better. But Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, don't I don't love this I don't game. think anybody's I, – I, I would be very surprised if someone on the planet feels strongly about this. <laughs> yes, agreed. All right. Let's skip it. We can, we're not going to use it. Okay, Houston plus three at Buffalo. Oh, sorry. I forgot to do my prediction. So I had the Packers three. What did I say? San Francisco. I had that one as um, – ah, who cares? We're beyond it. Let's just – I'll do it for the ones going forward. Houston, Houston, Buffalo. I had that at – I thought the Texans would be plus two and a half. I didn't think they would uh, get the full three based on how they're playing, but they are getting the full three in Buffalo. And uh, what do you, how do you see that? Another one I would stay away from if I were actually betting. But um, I will take the points here. Houston's has played so, so much better of late. Um, Buffalo is, is sneaky, too, at times. But you get the full field goal, so I would lean toward the Texans. Yeah, don't you think this is going to be like a 17-16 game or something like that? It's going to be low scoring. Yeah, it seems that. I would guess so, yeah. It's going to be nasty. It might be cold. I don't know. Um, so I, I had the Texans, too, but not, not, I'm not strong on it. Okay, next one, uh, Baltimore plus uh, four, four, four and a half. It now looks like it's four. I predict this would be four and a half, so it's kind of four, four and a half, but we'll, we'll use four. Um, what, what's your feeling on Baltimore Miami? I don't like either team, um, obviously. That's not going out in a limb, but 
I'm going to take the points here again. Uh, Miami uh, is just so awful right now. I can't just stomach giving up more than a field goal. Um, Matt mm-hmm. Shaw probably will gift them another pick, That's but in between that, he wasn't terrible. Kamar Aiken looked good, and Buck Allen may run all over Miami, frankly. So give me the points. It's really Baltimore minus two, though, right? With the, I mean, Baltimore minus three, right? I mean, you're pricing the pick six. Oh, right. right. Fair enough. So it's Baltimore minus three. You're getting four, you're losing seven, and then you got to figure out, you got to go from there. Can they overcome it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore's D played better. I, you know, that one play to Benjamin, really, that really hurt them. Um, but besides that, their defense played pretty well. And their D has been better the last few games. And Miami's D has been terrible ever since Cameron Wake got hurt. But, man, at home, getting after Shaw and Baltimore's past, he certainly isn't good. Devontae Parker got involved. I, I don't know if the Dolphins are smart enough to make him a featured option now. That they, they, should, they should. They should get him the, the experience. I'm on the fence. I'll probably take the points. I just hate Miami, but I've got a Miami feeling here. Yeah, I think they better go to Parker. I mean, they lost season. It didn't Richard Matthews break a couple ribs or something. So they, they better turn to Parker or they're really clueless. Yeah, I mean Landry. I like Landry here too in DFS. I think he's gonna yeah. like a lock to get, you know, eight catches and you know, eighty yards and probably get a touchdown. It helps when you when you get twenty targets every week. Yeah, you get twenty targets and you're not gonna you're playing against a, a team that's not that great. You know what I like about Baltimore? You see how Harbaugh went on like fourth and one from his own territory. Yes, that was yeah from not his own territory, his own twenty. I think that with was crazy lead, with like a four point lead. Yeah, that was sick. I loved that. That was one of my favorite plays. Even if he didn't, you know, you can't just say this in hindsight. That was just, that was awesome. You know, it's a lost season. Screw it. Like, you know, I, I loved that. Yeah. I, well, first of all, anybody with a losing record, the, the punter shouldn't even be on the roster at that point. I mean, not a losing record, but like when you're out of the playoffs. I mean, why would you even bother? But second, I mean, fourth and one, you know, if you look at like the New York Times bot or any of the math that says, you know, what's the most optimal thing, it's always go for it on fourth and one from pretty much anywhere. Maybe on your own three-yard line you wouldn't do it, but on your own 25 or midfield or whatever. And that's part of the reason they won. They got points out of those drives where he did that. And that actually makes me want to take them a little bit because that's probably worth a few points a game, just a coach that's willing to do that. Yeah, no, I like Harbaugh. Okay. All right. Probably take Baltimore. I have a Miami feeling, but it's not enough. Uh, Carol, this is interesting. New Orleans always better at home. Carolina minus seven in New Orleans. Who do you like here? I just keep fading Carolina and they keep uh, making me pay. And I'll just repeat it and say it again. I'm not going to switch it up because once I do, then I know that's, uh, you know, that's going to go the other way. So I'm going to reluctantly take the points here with New Orleans at home. They've looked so, so bad, but they are a lot better at home. Uh, Maybe Carolina rolls, but man, at some point, I mean, they could continue to be undefeated and still, you know, win this game by four or five points and you could still cover. So I'm going to take the home dog here. Yeah, I, I am too. And, I, you know, look, it's they're getting enough points. It's a 13, you know, on the road. And, and New Orleans is a real home road split team. So it's like even more in this case. And one good thing is they don't really have a, a number one. I mean, Brandon Cooks is their number one. He's not, you know, he's not Julio Jones or Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins. He's just a guy. And so Josh Norman shutting down Brandon Cooks or whoever he guards is not that big a deal with the Saints, right? Like Carolina's best player, well, they have two best players. The quarterback's good too. But their best defensive player is not going to tilt the balance the way he would against the Falcons, for instance. Speaking of which, do you realize that Julio Jones faces Josh Norman and the Panthers 
two times in the fantasy playoffs. You realize I traded Matt Ryan to Pianowski for Eli Manning in the Stoba League? Partly because, partly because of the schedule. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's bad. I mean, who plays? It's rare to, for a team to play, you know, two times in three weeks. But, man, in between weeks 14 and 16 against the probably the defensive player of the year right now, I mean, that's pretty brutal. And we, we have Julio Jones in League of Leagues, by the way. Um, yeah, so in five home games this year, uh, Drew Brees, 8.8 YPA, 14-4 TD, tie and T with a rushing score as well. So, I mean, he's pretty much an a MVP candidate at home. Yeah, and I actually think Drew Brees is interesting in DFS because Carolina's D is tough. But, again, you know, Norman will shut down whoever he's covering, but that's not, you know, a death sentence for Norman's offense. And I would imagine he'll be very, very little owned. He'll be low-owned, and he'll be pressured to score because I think Cam will score, will do really well. Cam's like the obvious choice, but if Carolina scores a lot of points and New Orleans covers the spread, then they're going to have to score points too. And this is the highest over-under on the board. Right. That hasn't worked the last couple games for New Orleans playing from behind, but at home I think it will be a, a different a different beast. Oh, they're garbage on the road, but this is a whole different thing, and no one's going to own them. So, yep. um, you know, I, I don't know who you pair him with, maybe Ben Watson or somebody, but you, you can't really pair him with Cooks. Uh, I don't know that Norman's going to guard Cooks the whole time. Maybe he will. They move Cooks around a lot. Um, okay, so we both like New Orleans. I would maybe use it. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to lose to the same team every week, but you got to have a short memory. The past is the past. I mean, whatever. It's, there's no correlation. In fact, um, I saw your buddy Brad Evans. Love Brad Evans. Good friend of mine. But I saw him on the Yahoo Morning Show doing some handicapping, which I was psyched to see it. It's a great feature. I'm a little pissed because I asked uh, Mike Pierce and Mike Pierce and, and Alan Springer, who are the producers of that show, five, a few years ago. We really need a handicapping segment. They told me no, you know, that's no good with the, you know, it's it, whatever. Now, now you you guys actually stream NFL. You have a way bigger relationship with the NFL than ever before, and you're doing handicapping. So I want to do that like five years ago, but it's a good segment. But I will say that a couple times Brad used as a reason for picking a team. I forget who he picked that they had covered, you know, six out of seven times, or they were. 10 and 4 against the spread or whatever they were. And I'm thinking, I don't want a team that's done well against the spread. Because it's not like saying this team does well against the pass. So they're good against the pass. You can't be good against the spread because the spread moves on you, right? I mean, the spread adjusts to your beating it. So it's like saying, well, this guy jumped over the five foot jump. He's jumped over every jump, you know, and they keep raising the bar. The high, you know, it's like, well, yeah, but like that doesn't mean he's going to jump over the higher one. It just keeps moving. It's a moving target to spread. So I kind of feel like the fact that Carolina has been killing us every week means nothing. It means nothing in the sense of that they're going to do it again, you're saying? Yeah, it doesn't. Why? I mean, they, they would not be favored by seven on the road in the past. Right. And now they are. You know, so they keep raising this bar. Yeah, they seemingly keep getting better and better on the field as well, but I totally agree with you. It's not just natural regression. It's also the fact that the market will correct. Exactly. The spread's not going to say, you know, they're not going to treat them the same as they did if these two teams met in week three. I mean, so, I mean, yes, agreed. The better a team is done against the spread, the harder it's going to be on each successive week for them to cover. And the worse a team is done against the spread, the easier it's going to get. Now, maybe that's commensurate with how terrible they are, or in Carolina's case, how good they are. But either way, um, it's it's certainly not. I, I, I don't. I would I would bet a lot of money on this. I don't know actually if I bet a lot of money on this, but to say that your record against the spread is not predictive in your next game at all. And in fact, if anything, it's negative correlation. Yeah, well, that, well, that makes sense to me. 
right? But it could be because it could mean that like it's a quality team, and so it's. But but I, I would say that I would I would not bet a lot of money, but I would bet like a hundred or even five hundred dollars that if you look historically at a team's record against the spread, if it's above five hundred, that uh, that it would that it would be a losing record of a team that was below five hundred, and at the extremes, I think it would be even more. Like if a team was like above seven fifty against the spread, then it would have a very bad record in a subsequent game. Yeah, that makes sense. I would I would agree with you. There's been studies on that, I, and I, I even read one at some point. I don't remember it. Okay, we can move on. It's a big digression. Um, Seattle is uh, now it's a pick'em at uh, Minnesota. I thought it would be Seattle plus one, and the line I thought originally was minus one. So pick'em, pretty much the same thing. I think I know who I like here, but you can go first. Yeah, I've been fading the Vikings pretty much all year as well. Um, but I'm going to kind of sell Seattle high. I think they're just totally different away from home. So this is definitely a game I would not use in the Super Contest. But uh, in staff picks, uh, I'm leaning toward going with Minnesota. I'm leaning to Seattle. Um, I think Seattle is good against the run. And, you know, D'Angelo Williams had a good game catching the ball. Right. But didn't get going. And Pittsburgh's offensive line is pretty good. And uh, I think that Seattle will run the ball on Minnesota, and Minnesota will not run the ball as well. I mean, Peterson, you never know. He could just go crazy. But I kind of think Seattle's run D is, the, is oddly the strength of their defense. Sherman's great, but they're kind of like the Jets when Revis is healthy. you got this one great corner, but their pass D isn't that great anymore. Uh, and I think Seattle's going to be tough to run on, and they're going to make Bridgewater beat him. And Diggs is going to get probably guarded by Sherman. And maybe Kyle Rudolph is a good DFS, and he's going to get some, you know, some catches and some yards. But, but I think Seattle's going to win this game. I think Russell yeah. Wilson's going to be able to open this thing up. Yeah, you know, the loss of Jimmy Graham probably isn't that, that big of a deal. And we normally don't talk about running backs, uh, but um, we all love Marshawn Lynch and his, you know, his beast mode and all that. But um, the current version of him versus Rawls looks like it's a big upgrade right now. He looks like a, a kind of a difference maker back there, Rawls with that potential. So you might talk me into changing this one. I was really on the fence. And the more I think about it, this Minnesota team could really start getting exposed. Um, yeah. Yeah. If let's put it this way, if one team won by double digit points, I would be more surprised if that were the Vikings than it were the Seahawks. Yeah. And you know, Seattle's got a better coach willing to take chances. Uh, Mike Zimmer kind of cowardly. I saw him make some stupid punts either this week or the week before. So um, I'm on Seattle. All right. Arizona minus five and a half at St. Louis. I thought this game was going to be, uh, what did I think it was going to be? Oh, four and a half. It's five and a half. Um, who do you like here? I've been taking almost all home underdogs so far, but I am going to switch it up here. I think St. Louis is quarterback situation is just so bad. Normally I'd hold my nose and say they'll figure something out, but this Arizona team is you know, one of the three best in the NFL right now. So I'm not going to overthink this. I mean, would it would it really surprise you if this spread was seven and a half? I don't think it would have me. So I'm going to to be on the sucker side and lay the points on the road with the cards. Yeah, I'm having trouble with this because um, they really Arizona really had trouble in San Francisco on the road, and they're much better at home. And St. Louis actually, I think, can maybe run the ball in Arizona, and they're not going to be able to throw it, but they can't throw it on anyone. So. Arizona's past D isn't really a big deal. And I think Gurley could have a good game and keep this as sort of an ugly, tight defensive game. And the Rams' D isn't that bad, although Arizona's offense can light them up. I mean, they can light up anybody. 
Yeah, the Rams, the Rams typically play division foes really tough as well. But one, one thing I'd counter with you is um, not just looking at the season-long stats as far as what if they're better against the pass versus the run when it comes to like facing the Rams. Wouldn't you just allocate your resources totally differently and just focus on stopping Gurley? I mean, at some point, I mean, even when Tavon Austin makes noise, it's like he's running the ball and get, catching the ball laterally. They can't throw the ball downfield at all. Yeah, I wonder, is Case Keenum going to be back? I mean, what's the deal with him? I think it's up in the air who's going to start for them. I think they said they're going to turn back to Keenum if he's healthy. Fisher did say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, Keenum did not play well in Baltimore, but he at least gives them, I mean, Falls is done. I mean, Falls is, yeah. he's like a poor man's Jacksonville Gabbard. You know, I mean, he's, so can we, what, what do we make of uh, with what's happened with Chip Kelly, and then what's that, you know, how did, how did he have Foles go 27 touchdowns, two interceptions? Did, this, did the defense just figure him out? I mean, what, what is the answer there? The fact that it's very impressive that he had a player of Nick Foles' capacity put up those numbers, but ever since then, Kelly's been kind of a bust as well. So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, Chip Kelly took a rock and he squeezed lemonade out of it, you know, and now we don't know how that, how that happens. You know, we, he, 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 did, he made a miracle happen. You know, I, I don't know. Foles didn't just have 27 touchdowns. He had 27 touchdowns and two picks, a 9.1 YPA. Wow, he had, yeah. <laughs> he had one of the top five most efficient quarterback seasons in NFL history. Yeah. If you look at the best seasons in history, obviously he only played 11, not 16 games. It's Marino 84, you know, adjusted for a league. It's Peyton, not, not the year he broke all the records, but 2004. Brady 2007, Rodgers 2011, and, and uh, Foles 2013. That's it. Those are the top five, and Chip Kelly made that happen. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. And he gave away all their players: Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, and uh, Lashawn McCoy. Um, you know, and that was obviously not a good idea. But I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to Foles. I, I think, you know, he made Sanchez. Sanchez was horrible against the Lions, but the whole team would quit. But he made Sanchez look relatively comp- competent. Do you realize how bad Sanchez was? In the tail end of his Jets days, yeah, he was he was really bad. It was like a laughing stock. So I don't know. And Bradford was pretty bad this year. I don't know what happened. I I I can't explain Chip Kelly. I will say that the Eagles. I've never seen. I mean, I've seen it before, but I've rarely seen a team just not show up. Especially they they controlled their own destiny. You know, they were they were four and six, and if they won, they would be tied for first now, and they had the tiebreaker on the Giants. And they, they were basically a team that was playing for first place in a nationally televised game that everybody's watching and just completely decided to embarrass the human race. And I've never seen anything like that. It was. Yeah, no. I, I, mean, I tried to, talk, no, tried to I, warn I, you before that game. I thought it was just noise. I thought it was just hype, you know. Oh, it's, the team's, you know, he's lost the team. He's going to go. He's trying to coach somewhere else. It was 100% right. Anyway, we got to, that game is going to be an interesting one. But uh, as far as back to St. Louis, Arizona, I mean, I'm inclined to take St. Louis, but I'm not strong on it. Fair I enough. kind of like the idea of buying Arizona low after last week, but I just think it's going to be a slog this game. I don't think it's going to be easy. But then again, I could see, you know, what, all it takes is one big pass to John Brown and it's 10 nothing or 13 nothing, and, and you're watching the first quarter, you're like, this game's over. <laughs> you know, it's so over if they get behind. There's just, it's... If Arizona's up 10 points, it's just over. But I'm probably Yeah, St. Louis is not built to, to, to come back. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they, as you said, slugged it out and made this ugly and, and, and kept it relatively close. That would hardly shock me. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm not going to use this one. It's, it's tight. Um, I'm going to have trouble writing it up tomorrow. Atlanta plus, uh, looks like two here at Tampa Bay. Atlanta's finally an underdog. That's amazing that it took it this long for them to be an underdog. And they're still not getting the full three. Just amazing to me. Yeah, I don't feel great about backing uh, this this Tampa Bay team, but uh, I already earmarked this one as a possible best bet of the week for me because I just <laughs> that's how how little I think of the Falcons these days. And it's why is this less than three? They're on the road outdoors. Uh, give me the bucks. Like if this if this line were six, you'd be like, oh okay, I got to think about it. Like this I is, think, that right. makes sense. They've been losing to the worst teams in the league at home. Six is fair, right? I mean, it should at least be three at the very least. Um, I, I certainly think so. What's weird is they do well on those Massey Peabody stats. If you look at them, they're like an average team by those. That's why I think Vegas uses a lot of those kind of stats when they set these lines. And, and usually it's right. Usually you should. But there's, always, there's teams like this that just don't – you can't really do it. I, I, you got to take Tampa, right? I mean, They have like seven red zone turnovers this year, which maybe that is a, a fluke thing. So, you know, maybe that is something that maybe they are better than – that they just happen to have bad luck when they're turning the ball over. But – I don't know. I just just watching them and, and Matt Ryan. I just I don't know. It's 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 bad. I, I think this this line is is far lower than I would have guessed. Not far lower, but it's definitely lower than I would have guessed. So I, I would I would back Tampa Bay. And like I said, I would consider it in the super contest. Yeah. Would you use Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in this game in DFS? Oh, I wouldn't want any part of Matt Ryan. No. No, you wouldn't try because this is the team you can throw on. So I know, but I mean, you're still not going there. And then and the thing is, uh, Devonta Freeman. If he plays, also Tampa actually is good against the run. They're really good, fast. especially of late. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that does factor in for Ryan having to throw maybe, but right. no, I wouldn't. Okay, you wouldn't touch it. All right. So <laughs> we're both going Tampa Bay. I mean, that's just Atlanta can surprise us. I'll go ahead, but I'm not. I'm not going there. It's been very easy to just fade them. Last week, I mean, the Vikings were they were underdogs to Atlanta. That was just so easy. I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, all right, Jets plus Jets minus two. Two right now at the Giants. What do you think of this? I have some thoughts on this game, but I want I want you to go first. I don't have many thoughts. I'm glad you do because this is one of the coin flips for me. Obviously, home field matters very little considering they play in the same stadium. But um, I uh, Sanchez looked a lot better. I'm sorry, Sanchez. Uh, Fitzpatrick looked a lot better last week. Um, I have a Giants feel though, and I know you're going to be a homer either way. So, but I, I would like to hear your thoughts. But I, I'm leaning toward toward the Giants. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at what I thought about the uh, – I thought the Falcons would be plus three. Okay. I thought the Giants were going to be one-point favorites in this game. Uh, I which I totally agree with what you're saying, but um, even though I'm, I'm also taking the Giants, that's the line that matters the least, though, there's three points. Right. You know what I mean? I Who cares if it's Jets minus two or Giants minus one? Yes, no, that's true. But, I mean, it is – you know, I thought the Giants would be favored in this game because they're at home. I mean, obviously they play in the same stadium. It's not like a travel thing, but, you know, they're season ticket holders there. Um, right. Here's the thing. So Revis, I'm assuming he's going to be back, although I don't think we know that for sure yet, right? About the no. Concussion? Okay. So Beckham Revis is a sick matchup. I know that Hopkins torched Revis, and you know Beckham is probably the hardest guy to stay with in the league. I mean, there's big physical players like Mike Evans who can't catch, but he's physically tough, or Julio who's big and fast. But you know, oh no, Beckham is just he. I mean, although then again, Richard Sherman shut down Antonio Brown, and he's pretty hard to stay with too. Uh, but that's such that, a sick catch by Beckham, a back-to-back uh, catch of the years for him. Oh my God, that that catch was like he just he was even with the DB who had good coverage, and he just somehow like launched himself totally horizontal and caught a ball like maybe a foot off the ground, totally extended, and somehow got his hands under it. 
that. You, you never see anyone do that. He's like no. He's like the. If he stays healthy, he's going to be one of those like top five receivers of all time. I mean, I'm convinced of that. But in this matchup, I don't know what's going to happen with Revis. But the problem is the Giants have a horrible uh, other options. Like their tight end is Will Ty. He's, he's like okay. They've got Reuben Randall, who's super slow and doesn't break back to the ball, uh, which is just he's just lazy. And then you got Hakeem Nix, who they they got his carcass back on the team. You got Dwayne Harris, he's like been serviceable for them. But they just don't have, you know, Shane Vereen is, you know, nice pass catching running back. But they just don't have uh, really other options that are good. And they're not going to be able to run the ball at all against the Jets. So it's going to be interesting. The Jets, you know, Revis has been great, but the rest of their secondary has been bad, too. So it's going to be like the Giants. If Revis does shut down Beckham, it's going to be the Giants crappy other options versus the Jets crappy other secondary, which is kind of going to be odd. Now, the other side of the ball you know, uh, Dominic Rogers Cromarty left the game briefly, and they, the backup, um, Jerron Hosley, got torched by Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but otherwise, the Giants played a really good defensive game in Washington, and Washington's played better at home this year. So I think their D is okay. And the question is, you know, Fitzpatrick and, and Marshall and Decker, they'll move the ball, but it's, it's not going to be easy for them. It's it's tight, man. I think this should be a round to pick them. Uh, I'm going to be a homer and take the Giants, but I could see it going either way. Yeah, I have Eli in a big NFFC league, have him in the League of Leagues, and that was frustrating watching him last week. The first two interceptions of the game were not even garbage. his fault. Yeah, I mean, it was just deflections off the perfectly But he dry. didn't play well that game. He, he, he no, did. he didn't play well, and, at least, and it's hard to complain when you get two garbage-time touchdowns in the fourth. Near, I really wanted him to get the ball back one more time, oh. too. That I was rooting for that. But, um, but yeah, I still – I mean, the Giants are a tough team to predict weekly. Um, and I and I agree that this this is the right spread right around there. It's, it really is a coin flip for me, but I'm leaning the, towards the Giants as well. All right, all right. Denver minus four at San Diego, and um, I thought this line would be. I don't know why I can't I can't find these. I guess they're just not in the right order that I put them in. Um, anyway, I don't even know I don't even know where I have it, but oh, I thought it'd be minus three and a half, so it's four. I, you know, I, I was wrong. I took the Jaguars last week, which was just stupid. You, you said it was stupid. You were correct. I <laughs> laid four with the Jaguars. San Diego's a piece of shit, but you can't, you know, but there's limits. There's just limits. You, you have to have limits in life. It doesn't matter how much, how terrible San Diego is. You just don't lay four points with the Jaguars. I kind of like Denver here, I'm going to say. I, I, I just think San Diego is crap, and Denver, I don't, I don't think Osweiler's great or anything, but he's okay, and the running game is going to be better, and the D's legit. What do you think here? Yeah, I was leaning toward the Chargers, but the more I think about it, um, like both Hillman and C.J. Anderson are, are arguably top 15 fantasy backs. They could just go crazy against this defense, and obviously with Osweiler taking over, it has just opened up this rushing attack. I mean, uh, sure, some of the blame had to be the offensive line earlier in the year, but obviously defenses were just scheming against Peyton Manning and, and just loading up the box. Um, so I could see the, the Broncos running away with the, with the, you know, obviously the superior defense as well. But still, it's four points on the road, divisional game. But no home oh, field. There's no home field here for San Diego. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There it's is, a four-point game on a neutral field. Rivers is pretty good, and you're um, you're kind of selling Denver high after you know everyone watching them beat an yeah. undefeated Patriots yeah, team right. in prime time and in overtime. So 
I wrote, like I said, I wrote down the charters, but you could talk me out of it. This one, this is one of those that I feel the least strong on the, on the whole slate this week. I kind of hate Denver. Like I just hate that team. I just hate everything about them. So I don't like taking them. I think I faded them mostly this year. Um, but without Peyton, it is a different team because you've got this elite defense, and now you don't have the total doormat of an offense anymore. Yeah, it's crazy what their record were able to compile with the worst quarterback rating in the NFL and the most interceptions. I mean, it's that's like a cascade effect, too. It's not just the looking at that in a vacuum. It's also how many extra minutes do the defense have to spend on the field with these turnovers. I mean, right. Brock Osweiler doesn't have to be great. He just has to be serviceable, league average, and it appears that he he's capable of that. And I think San Diego got that win. You know, they, they beat Jacksonville sort of. That's it for them. That's the last. That's their last gasp. I think Denver's going to crush them. I'm going to take them. Okay, uh, I could see it. I, I, whatever, it, you know. It's, uh, and then Kansas City uh, minus three at the Raiders. Would you? Uh, you got any thoughts about this one? Yeah, I mean, Kansas City's obviously been playing fantastic, although a bit of a scare the first half last week against the Bills. Um, I uh, my brother-in-law is in a, with just two teams left uh, in a in a big survivor pool, and he had used the two main teams and, and I, I told him whatever I, he was leaning toward Carolina on Thanksgiving and I told him no man I could easily see Dallas win and obviously Carolina boat races and wins and ended up with the Chiefs who were who were losing in the first half I'm like dude I you know cost my brother-in-law like $1,500 is like not looking forward to that phone call I, mean, I was getting the text right. so I was rooting for the Chiefs even though Don't I was that dude man it's, it's, it's a thankless thing he's not giving you a piece of it there's no right. reason to put yourself through that right right that's true. It is it's definitely. Well, I'll make him I'll make him buy me lunch or something if they do, if he does end up helping him. But um, I, I like the Raiders at home in this. It's three points. It seems about right. The Chiefs Chiefs are really play, again been playing really well. But still, so have the Raiders, and the Raiders are at home. So I'll take the three. All right. Yeah. I I thought this would be a pick 'em actually. Uh, you know. Yeah, that would make sense to me. And it's minus three. Um, God, the Chiefs would be favored by what nine? Yeah. And Oakland, City. I kind of hate Oakland because I keep getting it wrong, and I just don't really know if they're good or not. But I think you got to take Oakland. I'm, I'm taking them. Okay. I, I don't like it that much, but just laying points with the Chiefs on the road, I'm not against a decent team. I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, they can get passed on Kansas City. I know that they're uh, they're didn't did Lamar Houston someone suffer and Justin Houston? I mean, did he suffer an injury? I can't remember. But they they can uh, you know. Uh, Watkins torched them for a period for at least one half there, so I could yeah. see these receivers in Oakland are are, are playing pretty good football. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm taking the home dog. Yeah, watch them get like two defensive touchdowns. That's how like they win and like defensive touchdown. You know, I get to see them getting some crazy thing. But Carr usually shows up, and I, I think it'd be close. All right, this is the game of the week, though. This is the craziest game ever, right? And I was bummed that Gronk got hurt because before it, I thought it was going to be 13 and a half, and it opened at 13. But obviously, Gronk getting hurt. And it's not just Gronk getting hurt. Like, if Gronk got hurt, but they had Edelman and Amendola and whoever else, Deion Lewis, it would be bad, but it would be okay. But when Gronk gets hurt, on top of all those guys getting hurt, and then Bradford's back, which it looks like he's somewhat of an upgrade over Sanchez at this point. You know, so the Eagles are in a better spot. But they just look like they quit. And in New England, I mean, just the New England defense alone, even if they just didn't run an offense out there, they just had their defense play <laughs> offense and hand it off to, like, the, a safety or something every time, hand it off to Patrick Chung. I mean, they, that would be enough to beat the Thanksgiving version of the Eagles, right? So I, it's just a cra- this is a crazy game, man. You have a team that totally quit on national TV. It's still in the race, by the way, after the Giants lost. Going to the toughest place in the NFL to play 
against a team that's just totally decimated. I, I think I know who I like here, but I'll let you go first. They might get Amendola back. And, and look at what Brady just did, you know, going to Denver would missing so many of his weapons. I mean, obviously Gronk is a, is a bigger loss himself than the, the cumulative of what he dealt with last week. But still, Brady is just so good. I'm laying the wood here. I mean, I don't think you're going to see a, a total laid-down doormat effort from Philly. But at the same time, I don't see them being able to run the ball against New England, and they could get ugly in passing situations. I mean, the, the, the Pats are the clear-cut number one fantasy defense this week. So um, g- give me the Patriots. Coming off a loss, I know that's uh, you know kind of anecdotal or whatever, but Belichick and the Patriots, it's a real thing. I could see them just going crazy in a blowout. You know, it might have been better if the Patriots hadn't lost and Philly, like the players got up for beat playing the undefeated Super Bowl champs. But now, like, even if Philly were to win, it's, like, big deal, you know? They couldn't get up on national TV on Thanksgiving when they have they control their own destiny to win the division. I'm laying the wood, too. Fuck the Eagles. Chip Kelly, man. Like, what, how can you... Dude, you're, how much money is he getting paid this year? Like, $4 million or something? Yeah, I don't know, but I know it's among the, the NFL leaders. Dude, have some self-respect, man, you know? How can you just... How can you go out there and just not... This is such an interesting thing because, like, the Eagles, this is just such an interesting game. I almost would rather if New England were totally healthy to see what this line this game would be like. But it's, it's just such a bizarre game. I'm taking New England, too. All right. Um, this one is also – Hold on. That means it actually only be three-and-a-half-point favorites in Philly. Like, think of that. Yeah, because they'd be going on the road without Gronk. or Ed, Gronk and Edelman are, like, by far their number one and two targets. Name yeah, well, and Deion Lewis was pretty damn good, too. Third. I mean, James White is, clearly does not look <laughs> capable of, of even being a reasonable facsimile of, of that loss also. And, um, you know, Amendola was like a bit player, and then he may not even play. And, and I, think, and even, I think he's back, and my boy Scott Chandler is going to reach pay dirt twice. You watch. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Dobson, who would have probably got some runs out for the year. I mean, they're just really deep. You know that guy that had Chris Harper? And he muffed the punt. I don't even think they let him back on the plane. You see they already cut him? Yeah, they cut him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> how ruthless Belichick is. That's awesome. Yeah, I think they're going to take it out of Philly. Although you never know, but I, I'm, I'm laying the one. I, I'm interested in that game, though. I'm interested to watch that game. I mean, New England could win like 57 or nothing. The only thing I will say is, don't forget, is this is just about, I'm going to say this was 14 months ago, Tom Brady for four games with like players that he was not comfortable with. Gronk wasn't really healthy. I mean, he was getting back from the, all the injuries he had, um, and Brady looked terrible. Do you remember that for four games in the beginning of 2014? Oh, I rem- yeah, I remember. Yeah. And it's also the offensive line is, is is dealing with a bunch of injuries too. So, I mean, they have the same recipe for that type of situation. And Philly's D-line has played terrible lately, but they're talented. Like, they were considered a good defensive line. Man, if Brady can crush them, I mean, this is going to be just an interesting game. I'll probably lay in the wood, but I'm not committing to that. I, I, I just think... It, it, what do you do? Like, and, and I've seen this happen a couple seasons. Like, where you have a team that just totally gives up, totally doesn't show up, totally embarrasses itself two weeks in a row against really three weeks in a row. It, they lost to Miami, they lost to Tampa at home, and then they got crushed by the Lions. Like, can they just keep showing up like that, like for five more games, six more games, and just totally embarrass themselves every week? I guess we'll yeah we'll find out. I mean, Chip Kelly supposedly told the team he's he's in. He's not leaving for college as long as they'll keep him. He's he's there. But I don't I don't know if it's just a tune out thing or what. It's always dangerous trying to you know armchair whatever psychology you know to 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 
suggest that that's going to continue happening as far as an effort level for these NFL professional athletes. I typically don't like that. But what we saw on Thanksgiving was borderline embarrassing. And um, even just from a talent and scheme standpoint, this team, you know, has been one of the biggest disappointments in the league. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I almost would like to do like New England with the points and, and Philly money line just to hedge, just in case, because New England is so decimated offensively. But New England's defense is actually good. Really good, thing. yeah. And Bradford and their offense sucks, and this is in New England. That's the thing. New England's going to get like two defensive touchdowns. It's not going to matter. LeGarrette Blount will get like 100. I'm, I'm laying the points. I, I was trying to, I was getting, I was talking myself out of it, but I'm not. All right, Indy plus, it looks like seven at Pittsburgh. I'm assuming Roethlisberger's playing. On this, because a the line is out, and b, um, you know, he's like a crow magnet. You know, we've talked about this before. He's essentially our contemporary ancestors. He smashed his head through a car windshield, got to training camp a week later. So I'm going to assume he's playing. I got. Yeah, win. I was really surprised that he was mature enough to, to take himself out of that game with the concussion. You know, I, I really did not expect Gronkowski to. to I'm sorry, uh, yeah, big in to to you know even know that that was an option. Yeah, and you know, and he said, you know, he thought he passed his concussion test. He felt good about it, but he actually failed. Well, yeah, so I, don't, I don't think he's disingenuous either. I just think he's kind of, you know, a little bit of a meathead, a little clueless. Yeah, no, I bet he also might have been concussed. But I'm assuming well, he, he's going to play. Obviously, all bets are off if, uh, literally, all bets are off if, if he's not. But I'm going to go ahead and lay the wood here. Me too. I mean, I love, I love the Steelers. I, I wish this line was a little bit less than seven. It's actually. Um, maybe a little higher than I would have guessed, but at home in prime time on that Sunday night, I actually kind of like this. The Steelers as a sneaky fantasy defense. It's uh, I mean Hasselbeck's what four and zero now, and he's forty. It's definitely been Im- impressive stuff. But I still really, really believe in this Steelers team, with, especially when they're you know they have Big Ben and the and the two. I mean Martavis Bryant looks like a, a young Randy Moss. He just drops the ball too much. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and uh, D'Angelo Williams looks uh, pr- pretty good still, too, so I'm going to lay the points. Yeah, maybe Hasselbeck goes from 40 to 41 at this at this evening. Maybe right. he turns 41. Okay, uh, and then um, da- the Monday night game is Dallas at Washington, which is just arguably as bad as the game. We use. I mean, it was actually a good game last night. It, it was. Shockingly, but it arguably is, is unappealing a matchup as there is, although Washington is theoretically tied for first place. By the way, I just can't live in a world where Washington makes the playoffs. Like, I just can't think about how drawing dead they would be in the playoffs. Of all the teams like that you can remember making the playoffs, none would be drawing as dead as the Redskins. Well, especially since they would um, – hold on, they'd be a four seed, right? So actually would they – could they, they? One thing I would say though is they might have a home game, so that they're really? they're night and day. Well, they, the four seed does have a home game, right? Right. So so that that would be you know it'd be like Seattle that one year they were seven and nine and beat the Saints. They're zero and five on the road right now and five and one at home, including you know each of the last five games they're they're they've won. So that would at least would be interesting. And they do have you know Deshaun Jackson back and healthy makes him a little bit different and, and interesting. I know you're upset about that ugly Giants game, but their defense at times played well. Matt Jones, when he's not fumbling, he's looked interesting. Alvin Jordan Morris Reed is good, a good tight end. I mean, they're not the worst. No, Reed and, and Deshaun are all right, and Cousins have played well at home. And uh, Alfred Morris actually looked good. I, he, he only had 3.3 yards per carry at the end, but I just watched him running 
I watched the whole game, and he looked like the guy that we knew from a couple of years ago. He was cutting well and, and running some people over. He looked decent. They, they, still, <laughs> I just can't. Maybe I'm wrong, man. Maybe I'm just. Dude, just Cousins, six, six home games this year, 113 quarterback rating, completing yep. nearly 75% of his passes, 8.2 YPA, uh, 14 oh, touchdowns, oh, two interceptions. He got the wow. Saints. He got the Saints at home. So that was. That's counting his rushing there. 11 touchdown passes, three rushing, and just two picks. That's, no, that's, not, that's pretty good. Yeah, but you take out the Saints game because that was like five right. touchdowns, no picks or something. Just that's a gimme. Not yeah. only these bad matchups on Monday night, but they're really getting unlucky. I mean, last night it was Joe Flacco out for the year, the, literally the game before. Uh, then Manziel gets benched. And now uh, Tony Romo, literally the week before. And we get Matt Castle instead in prime time. Right. They, they thought this might be Tony Romo and the rejuvenated RG3, and it's Kirk Cousins versus Matt Castle. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, look, I think, I don't know. I, I, it's now four. I, I thought this line would be six, actually. I guess I'm going to take the skins. I mean, they've been good at home. They're not a great team. But Dallas, I mean, I just, they got destroyed by Carolina at home with Romo. I mean, Romo got hurt at some point, but they, it wasn't even close when he was in there. And I just think Washington's better. At, you know, it would be three points if these teams were equal. And I think Washington, with Matt Castle as Dallas' quarterback, Washington's a better team. Yep, totally agree. They're, we just went over the numbers at home. Um, Matt Castle, no thanks. Yeah, I, I'll take Washington. All right. So do we have some that we can agree that we're going to take? Um, well, the problem, I mean, I would consider Detroit, but the problem Thursday where we have to lock in our picks. So like, you just, you know, I don't even know if our proxy will be available okay, then so too. Forget, so. forget about that one. Forget about the Thursday game. Okay. Um, I kind of like Chicago. I would be willing to say I, I was going to say that. Yes. Okay. I think, I think Cutler's going to have a really good game. Um, I also like, um, I would take New Orleans. I just think it's just the right spot. Yeah. Who would, who would take them? <laughs> I just think it's the right spot. It, it's, you just... You can't, you know, we took the Niners last week. You take a team in a spot that's the right place to take them. I'm down. Okay. I would take Seattle, but you seem to like Minnesota. No, I don't. Uh, I'd have to think about it. I, I honestly might switch my pick and step. So you might really talk me into that. I, I didn't feel that great about that one. But if you want to go to bat for that one, I certainly wouldn't. I'm wouldn't not like going to bat for it because I, you know, Seattle on the road. But I just think Seattle is, they need to get in the playoffs. They're, what are they, 6-5 and five now after that win against Pittsburgh? And... Or are they five and six? I, I don't. I can't remember. But this is it. You know, they need to win these games. And Seattle six and five. Six and five. And I think this is one they got to get. I think they're going to get it. And I think Minnesota's a little smoke and mirrors, and Seattle's going to stop the run, and they're they're better coached. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll mark that down as a possibility. I I kind of like Tampa Bay. Sure. No problem. Anytime Atlanta's getting less than the full three, I think you just they've got to they've got to change the trajectory of their season before I could even consider taking them. So sure. One, two, three. Well, if we do use Seattle, then that would be four. And then how about um, New England? New England? Yeah. Okay. Five. Done? Done. I, I could see Washington. I could see Pittsburgh, but I feel a little better about New England. Okay. No, I'm, I'm on board. All right. That's going to do it, man. Good good stuff. We already made our picks. Yeah, it sounds good. All right. Let's do this list. Let's do it. We've got to finish one undefeated week. Come on. I mean, just for moral victory. We don't have one all year. We had a four and one week to start, and that was it, right? Yeah. We suck. Yeah. We're horrible. I know. All right, we'll see. This this right here. We'll, this we'll, is we'll, it. This is the start. Yeah. If we go undefeated the rest of the way, do we cash? I think so. I would say what? What's? Yeah, I'd say so. All right, let's just. It's not that big a deal. How many weeks do we have left? Six or five? Five weeks? 
25 yeah. and 0. In 15, 16. Five weeks, yeah. We can go 25 and 0. It's no big deal. Yeah. Easily. All right. Done and done. Done. All right, dude. We'll revisit next week. We'll see where All we're All right. At. Take it easy, Les. Take it easy, Dawn. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.